so I've never had to experience any of the um, downside of any of that stuff. So, um, but what I did experience during the worship, I think, was um, I, like I said in the video, I really believe that God can will move in your life and can move, but if you don't give Him any room to move, He, he won't move. So, um, there was um, so I decided to um, there are areas. There are areas in my life that um, I really haven't let God move in, and um, and I just I've been keeping stuff to myself and not giving it all up to Him. So um, this weekend, uh, God really put that on my heart during worship, which is by the way really awesome. Um, he put that on my heart that I need to give it up to Him and not just hold it to myself. So um, I have I have now given up those areas in my life that I have holded held away from him and I am laying I'm going to now from from now on let him work in my life how's it how's it going <laughs> I'm Lawrence I'm an alcoholic <laughs> not really <laughs> yeah this year at ATF ATF, you know, I just, well, God move. As you know, pretty much most of you know that I've been going through some tough times with family and all that. And I just felt that, you know, like, you know, I've always heard that, you know, if you let God move, he'll move and all that. But during this weekend, I actually got to feel like God just was saying that he just wanted to move and try to help my life better. Hi, I'm Ashley, <laughs> and Lawrence got me this sweater from from ATF down there. Okay. Anyways, um, ATF was a good experience because, well, I mostly like the worship part because it was fun, but I don't like being lectured, and that's what it felt like, kind of. But I like the worship part because, like, everyone was in unison and, like, everyone, wait, let me think of a word, could, like, connect, connect, okay, At, for the same thing and the same reason and all that. And I just thought it was really good. <laughs> Hello, uh, I'm Faith. Hi, Faith. Hey, Una. <laughs> Um, this weekend was one of the best weekends of my life, and I had, like, a lot of fun down there, and I got a lot of close, a lot closer to God and everyone that went with us, and, um, I don't know, it was just fun, and my favorite part was worshiping with everyone, so, yeah. That's that's just incredible. Uh, just some pictures in the background. They weren't laughing at you. They were laughing at the pictures. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, just as these these four is a representation of about 25 people that went with us on on this trip. We also met up with uh, Believers Chapel and their youth group of about 15. So we we did this together and um, just really had an incredible time. The the, the topics were uh, really some hardcore stuff. We really talked about 
sex, and I mean, it was definitely rated PG-13. They warned us about that before we went in, so you guys can sit down if you want. That's okay. Um, but it was it was uh, just so right where where our generation is at, and I, I know a lot of us being out of the high school for, I'm out for 15 years, and I've been doing this for a while too, but um, we're still, I'm still a little disconnected from what is actually affecting today's generation, today's youth. And they say even by the age of eight, um, a child has seen multitudes of uh, pornographic images, even softcore or whatever. And um, so this whole um, message of the weekend was about restoration and having a collision with Christ and just coming right to a, a stop and saying, you know what, God, I know where I've been. I know what, what adults in my life may have done to me. I know um, what I may have done to other people and not even known it because of my interaction with, uh, with bad things on, online or whatever. And... Um, the restoration process. Um, the guy talked about a car. They brought out a rusty old a rust bucket under the under the stage. He just said, you know, God can turn this into this, and that's you. He could turn you from a rusty old bucket, whatever happened in your past, and just totally restore you. And that's a message that we all need to hear, sure. Um, but in our generation, we can tend to be just uh, so repressed by that and say we're never going to get better, and, and our self talk can just really get us down, you know. And it just it was such a freeing experience, and people were just uh, totally. Let go and set free, but in the name of Jesus Christ, and it was just incredible. Thank you for sending us. Thank you so much for sending us. I know a lot of uh, our kids had to go on sponsorships, which was only possible because you guys gave in that area. And um, they, I, I saw, I challenged them when we left. I said, you know, a, a lot of you guys aren't going at full price, and some of you guys are going for free. Um, that doesn't get you out. You gotta, you know, get your money worth. You're, you're going here on somebody else's money, so this isn't just, you know, you know, get get everything out of it that you can. And they did, and it was it was powerful. Praise the Lord. Thank you for, thank you for sending us. Um, <clears throat> one last thing, as, as I, I just want to close. There's a program that they advertise, and I, I just want to put that out there before you guys. This program is called Covenant Eyes. It's a program that, that guards your computer at home, and, um, and it sends, it sends whatever, you're, um, whatever you do online to an accountability partner. So, um, and it also blocks uh, bad sites from soft porn. You can set the restrictions on it, and it's a really minimal fee. But I highly recommend it. It's really cool, and especially after what we saw this weekend, it's definitely a tool that I think every household should has should have that has a computer. So go ahead and check that out. It's called CovenantEyes.com. All right, I'm just gonna get off the stage and let this go forward. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for everything. Thank you. Certainly want to thank all the parents and volunteers that went. That's always a challenge. You know, diet of pizza is, uh, for a couple of days. Um, and in and out. Oh, tough, it's tough life, but somebody's got to live it, right? Okay. Can I get that slide about the banquet, please? Um, our annual banquet is December the 9th, and it's going to be at Pine Summit from 6 to 9. You're invited. I'm going to send around a clipboard. If it's something you'd like to be involved in and come to, we uh, use it to honor our cell leaders, our kid zone teachers, our nursery directors, worship leaders, and uh, just have a great seasonal time together. I think this is the information up here. Uh, it's also in your bulletin. But we will need to know you're coming so we can RSVP the, the proper number to the Pine Summit so they can make dinner for us. It'll be chicken and prime rib and things like that, and it'll be festive. And how many of you have ever been to one of these? No, they're, they're usually a lot of fun. Our, our guest speaker will be Joel Comiskey, and uh, we're going to have special guests of honor, Joe and Linda Stangle, who are elders here. They also sell leaders. They're also celebrating 40 years of marriage. And uh, I guess we're announcing already that they're retiring also. 
and closing their business, Stangles Glass. And so a lot of changes for them. We'll celebrate around them and uh, and all of you who are in leadership. So let us know. This is a really, this is a Pastor Jeff clipboard. It is not festive. It's just real practical, okay? So if you're coming, let us know. Just circulate this during a, a service. The tickets are $15 a piece, which is less than it's going to cost us, okay? I'll just let you know that, okay? Now, let's strap on our seatbelts for the man of God. Pastor Rob is preaching this morning. Here he comes. Welcome, Pastor Rob. Somebody now I'm just Matthew's dad to the youth, but but uh, amen. Yeah, my uh, Shannon got to go on this ATF trip. Did you guys enjoy Shannon? Shannon. <laughs> yeah, they they dubbed her the party animal. So I'm I have seen that side a few times of Shannon. They had a great time. They came back and uh, they got back early, which is surprising for any youth trip. Well, I guess early in the sense that they stayed a whole day longer and then got back early on that day. and uh, But they still, Matthew went to bed about 9 o'clock and he slept in until 8 or 9 the next morning. I mean, he just, you know, and all, all of you other, other kids, anyone missed school the next day? Oh, you actually missed? I know that uh, Tyler who went, his dad had to drag him literally out of bed to get him to school. They they had a good time, but, but we're believing that... Uh, wasn't just a fun time, but there's really life changes, things going on in the hearts of the youth. Uh, if you haven't spent time with young people lately, they're living in a whole other world. And, you know, I, I know my elders, when I was growing up, they would talk to me and say, you know, when I was your age, I went through the same exact things as you. And I used to think, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't think so. And as I, began, as I got older and I'd look down at the youth, I would look at them and say, I went through the same things that you're going through. I want to say today, because I've spent time with the youth just recently and, and for four years in, in Oakdale, we did not go through the same things that these youth are going through. You know, Jesus was tempted in every way. And so, yes, we went through the same temptations. We were tempted to walk away. We were tempted to rebel. We, were, we went through similar struggles. But the intensity that is thrust upon these young people is just out of sight. Mm-hmm. And we need to be in prayer for these young people. We need to be looking to, to get involved, uh, mentoring, helping the youth group doing whatever we can to help these young people, not just, uh, you know, get through their high school, but to be truly successful and overcomers in this age. Um, it's, it's a jungle in the schools. And the things that they're, they're seeing and watching, things that are taking place even on the campuses are uh, just amazing. So keep them in prayer. And also, even as we get into this message, be, be in prayer about, God, what, what can I do? How, what can I be to young people? What can I be to serve you? What can I be to serve the body of Christ? 
you know, this is the Thanksgiving weekend. This is the weekend before Thanksgiving where typically we'll hear a nice message about either the founding fathers in the first Thanksgiving, which I prayed about doing, or we'll hear a nice message about, you know, how we should be thankful. And, and I hope you hear that today, but that's not where I felt God leading. In fact, you know, this, this whole time just been praying and saying, God, you know, I was trying to go. It's Thanksgiving. We need to do a, a message. Last year I, I, I preached a message called Thanks Shalot. Who remembers that message from last year? Hopefully that's still uh, drifting around in there, you know, being, you know, being thankful and that uh, that when we're thankful last year, we talked about that. You can get it online or for five ninety nine, we can get a CD. And no, I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, you know, you can go back and, and listen to that. If you want your thankful message, go and, and go back onto the archives and listen to that message, um, because we need to be thankful this year, especially. But really what I felt what we needed to hear this morning is that. God has given us everything we need to be successful. God has given us everything we need to be overcomers. Right now, sitting in this room, you have what it takes to succeed. Now, I'm not talking about succeeding in life, in getting a a Ph.D. or getting a nice house and a nice car. Because those things truly are not important. I'm not going to preach a a message this morning about having the better life now. Because the better life now in worldly standards is going to end up being rotten and it will help to lead us off to the wrong paths anyways, often. The better life now that I'm talking about is that you have what it takes to succeed in Christ and to become an overcomer and to live victoriously in your circumstances. You don't need anything else than you have right now. You know, it's time for us as believers, and I'm talking this morning to believers. I I need to make that exemption. If you're not a believer in this room, you don't have what it takes. But you can. But this morning I'm talking to believers. And it's time for us. It's time for us to begin to leap out in faith. Not just step out. I believe it's time for us to leap out in faith and really take that plunge and to begin to say, God, I'm going to step over so far over the line that I can't get back. Because God is stirring something up and He wants us to be in these days. He wants us to live in overcoming life. This morning you drove here through the snow, which shows to me that, that you want and you want more of God. You need more of God. You want to be together with the body of Christ. You guys are committed enough to come out in this weather. Praise the Lord. And, and I know that I'm not saying that those who didn't come are not. I don't want them to be listening to this message and feeling condemned. That's not the point. But, but I'm talking to you. You could have said, you know, it's kind of cold. And I, I, you know, and I didn't shovel yet, and I don't, I'm not ready for the snow, and I think I'm just going to stay home today. But see, this morning, church, we have everything we need to succeed in this life in Christ. God is in you, is moving in you, and wants to move even more. He wants to do something inside of you that would blow your mind. He doesn't want to do something just in the, in the leadership or in the pastors or in your cell leader or in your youth leader. He wants to do something right inside of you. And it's stirring up, isn't it? It's stirring up. 
And we're not going to back down. Ed's not going to back down. He's going to be pressing into the youth. But we need to be pressing into each other to see. We, we, need to, we don't want to back down. We don't want to let each other back down because we need to let our faith explode in this time and in this generation. You know, Shannon and I, we don't have a TV in our house. And so we miss a lot of of news that's coming on and every once in a while when I, when I sit down and I, you know, and I try to, I, I get news from one news now and different things on my internet on, in my email. But, but sometimes if I sit down, and just begin to watch news, I'm like, wow, man, this, this world we're living in is, is just in chaos. I mean, it's very interesting times we're living in. And these are not the times that the church should be backing off and huddling together and going, let's just get ready It's coming. We need to be getting ready and letting our faith explode outward. Now, there's going to be a great apostasy in the end times. And that that really that means a falling away or a snatching away. The world needs Jesus and the church does, too. The church needs Jesus. Sometimes, too often, I find, I believe that the church only has the church. We need Jesus. We need the power of God unto salvation. We need Him moving in our lives and in our midst. And what's really interesting is He wants to do that. Second Corinthians four five. I'm going to have a whole bunch of scripture references, but Second Corinthians four five to set this simple is we don't need a building. We need Jesus, and we don't need to come and preach ourselves or messages just from our thoughts. It says, for we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus, the Lord. We need to be manifesting Jesus in our lives. We need to be proclaiming him, letting our faith explode wherever we go. You know, those who there was a a number of adults who went down and and helped uh, helped Ed and Una with the youth. And that's not always an easy thing is to spend a few days, a few sleepless nights with with a youth group. Actually, I think it was my wife who kept everyone awake in that room. <laughs> it's time to step and say, God, I'm going to let my faith explode even when I'm uncomfortable. What is it that God has been nagging at you and tugging on your heart to step out in faith for? The reason I believe this message is timely is because even over the next couple of months, we're going to be put into situations where we really need to be ready to step out in faith. We're going to be having Thanksgiving dinner. I was going to play a little video. It was really funny. It was all this nice music and said Thanksgiving is not about a turkey. It's not about even being together with family. It's not about football. And it was just a great video. And I'm watching, going, oh, this is so nice. I want to play this on Sunday at the end. It says, Thanksgiving is about giving thanks that you don't have feathers. 
I mean, it pulled me in for two and a half minutes. But we're going into this, the holiday season. The holiday season. And, and we're, we're, we've already been being pressed with it. I, I was saddened to see Christmas things being put out in October. Maybe September. That's just, that's just wrong. You know, and, and here comes the news, and here comes, if, if, you're, if you're subscribing to some good websites, AFA, which is the American Family Association, and some of these, AFA.net, um, you're getting these emails about, you know, it's time again, are we going to stand for happy holidays, or are we going to say, no, this is Merry Christmas, and stand that, that we celebrate Jesus. And, you know, we've even walked away from the fact that holiday comes from Holy Day. We're entering into the holy day season, and the first Thanksgiving, of course, is, is, you know, when they gave thanks, basically, that they were alive. You know I mean, they went through some harsh times, and, and they made it through, and they gave thanks that they made it. Not as many made it as they wished. They were giving thanks to God. But as we're going through these times, we're going to have a lot of opportunities to share our faith. Or to be a Christian even at the dinner table. Some of you will be having dinner with people that you don't like. How will you respond? This year, if your Thanksgiving is at your house and you have unbelievers coming over, you'll have that opportunity once again to say, well, will we pray this year? Or just kind of say, thanks God. Okay, pass the potatoes. You have an opportunity to let your faith shine. Maybe last year you got it. You were the one getting in a fight with Uncle Louie. And Uncle Louie's coming again and it's your opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to be a Christian this year and I'm going to hold my tongue and we're going to get along. Beyond that, we're going to be spending, some of us, spending time out in the stores and maybe doing some shopping. Oh, goodness gracious, going shopping at Stater Brothers this week for dinner. You know, we'll find out if we're a Christian then as we're pushing our carts down and there's 400 million people vying for position in line. It's a great time to say, God, I want to shine for you. But I don't want to just be a a flicker. I don't want to just be a, a small little flame. I really want my faith to explode. I want to begin to live out loud. You have everything inside of you. Everything inside of you. The Bible doesn't say God uses the perfect things to accomplish His will. It says He uses the foolish things. And I qualify because of that. In 2 Corinthians, just back a chapter, in chapter 3 and verse 5, it says that our sufficiency is of God and that we are ministers. That's all of us. All of us is the body of Christ. We're His ministers. We're His ambassadors. We're the ones who serve others. It's not the paid. It's not the clergy. But it's all of us as believers. And this is the only way that we're going to reach the world is by letting our faith explode and leak out more and more and more and step out and begin to say, I have what it takes. Not because I'm studied, not because I have a degree, but because 
He who is in me is greater than he that is in the world. Because we don't preach ourselves. See, if it's about preaching ourselves, that we all better get a Bible education. We better get, go to college. We better go to, go to seminary so we can preach a better message. But we preach Christ. The treasure in 2 Corinthians 4, when you're, you still might be there, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Let's just go another verse or two. I'm going to go ahead and read it. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Just clay, ordinary pots that hold something that's valuable. And the less, the more ordinary the, the vessel, the more inside you look. You want to see what is in there because this pot's nothing to look at. We want to see the treasure. We want to see the treasure. It's not of us. It's all about Him. And so this morning, we're all qualified as believers to begin to just let our faith move us and respond to Him in love and obedience, stirring up the gifts, stirring up each other. He's not going to hold anything back. Let's go to Luke 12.32. He's going to be with us as we go. He wants us to be obedient and, and let our faith lead us. Luke twelve thirty two. That didn't work out in 11. I'm talking about Nineveh. You know, many of... You in here might be going, this is a great verse for us because you might be in here going, I can't do that. I can't. I'm nothing. I'm just, I'm the least and I can't let my faith and I don't have anything good to say and I still struggle in my sin. I could never even stand up in front of the church like the youth did and talk about what happened. But this verse is for us. It says, do not fear, little flock. We're a little flock today. It's your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's His good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants you to prosper in Him. He's going to give us everything we need in the moment that we need it to be a witness, to be an example, to live this life in power. I'm just going to hit some scriptures if you want. We'll write them on the website when we, when we post the message. But 2 Corinthians 9 says that God is able to make all grace abound, that you'll have an abundance for every good work. God's not going to hold anything back. He's going to give you an abundance of peace and of strength and of power. Everything you need for every good work. Because 2 Corinthians 10 says that our weapons are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds. There's strongholds in our lives. There's strongholds even trying to overcome in this body of believers here at Big Bear Christian Centers. And, and we need to begin to pull down those strongholds and we need to know that our weapons are mighty to do that. 
You've got an alcoholic in your family? Our weapons are mighty at the pulling down of strongholds of alcoholism. Do you have a problem yourself? Are you addicted to pornography or alcohol or you can't shake some of these addictions and things going on? You've got the power to pull down strongholds. Press into Him. It's time that we, we stop sitting back going, oh, we're the church, and step up and say, we're the church! You know, in Revelation, as the Scripture says that the gates of hell will not prosper, we need to always remember that gates don't move. Some of us think that the gates of hell are chasing us down and we're running from them. And oh, but they're not going to prosper as long as they keep running. No, we get to go in against the gates of hell and break them down because they won't prosper against the church. But as long as us in our minds we sit back and begin to feel like the, the timid and the weak church, we're going to be being conquered all the time. We, we act like the fleas. We act like fleas. We have flea disease sometimes. You know, if you take fleas and, and put them into a little bowl and cover it, the fleas will bounce. And they'll hit their little heads on the little lid that's covering the bowl. Well, nobody likes to bump and hit their heads, so they'll start bouncing lower. Because fleas can jump pretty good. And they'll, they'll jump. And they'll jump just below the lid height. And you take off the lid, and they don't get out. Because they've been trained not to jump any higher. Because it hurt. We don't want to have flea disease. And stay in our bowl because we failed or we got hurt once. We are the kingdom of God. We are more than conquerors. We are His beloved. We're His bride. We have everything that God, that we need in us to conquer and to be overcomers. 1 Corinthians 1 says, Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift. Now, it says spiritual gift. It doesn't say natural gift, fleshly gift, earthly gift. Because I can say, man, I, have, I miss a lot of gifts. You know, I don't have the gift of good looks. I don't have the gift of height. I don't have, I don't have, a, I don't have the gift of money. You know, not that I wouldn't like any of those, but we, we might lack those. We might even lack the gift of natural wisdom. But we don't lack any spiritual gift as we eagerly wait for the Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. And I feel we're, we're waiting more and more. We're looking. We're watching the news and we're comparing it with the Bible, saying, boy, these things are lining up pretty good. It's on the horizon. But you know, church, it could be another 50, 60, 70 years down the road. And we better be ready. Can't just be sitting and saying, God's coming back, God's coming back, God's coming back. We need to be kicking open the door and saying, God's coming back and all my neighbors are going to hell. Don't want them to go there. We have every spiritual gift that we need. When you walk into a situation, in Corinthians it says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. When he's talking about the gifts, uh, gifts of the Spirit and then he goes into love, it says, Eagerly desire the greater gifts. And here's what I thoroughly believe that the greatest gift is. 
Okay, because you go, well, prof- my prophecy is great. I mean, I've, I've had people prophesy over me, and I've, I've prophesied over people, and, and, and I mean, it's just, it's exciting, and it's fun. I've, I've had the gift of supernatural knowledge, where I knew things about people. I used to minister on the streets of Hollywood, and I'd be praying for people, and he would, God would let me, what we'd call, read their mail, and I'd just start telling them about things that they had done. You just had a fight with your grandfather, and this has happened. They'd just start crying, and, and those are really fun. And so you go, well, which gift is best? And Corinthians says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And here, here's what the greatest gift is. The greatest spiritual gift, everyone write this down, because you've always wanted to know, the greatest spiritual gift is the gift that's needed right now. We can have that gift. We can walk in any gift that God wants us to walk in if we're open to Him. And we can desire that and be open and say, God, I'm going in here and I don't know what gift I need, but I, I, I'm, I want to be ready. Move. If... If I, I walk into a room and somebody's sitting there with a broken leg and I go, I got the gift of prophecy, you're going to have that for six weeks. <laughs> what good is that? If I walk in a room with someone with a broken leg, I, I pray I, I want the gift of healing or maybe the gift of mercy, whatever they might need in the moment. And, and even that, we don't even know. We don't know what is needed in the moment, but God does. Sometimes people don't need to be healed. They need to be shown mercy and love. We don't lack any spiritual gift. 2 Peter 1.3 2 Peter 1.3 says that His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. We have what it takes. We have to break off the limiter. We have to break off the bondages. We've got to get past our confusion and depression and begin to stand on the Word of God. You know, and however that's going to be, you need to get back into prayer. You might need to turn on the praise and worship. You know, if, if you're living under, these, under the yoke of oppression and depression, you know, go back and say, when, were you, when weren't you? What were you doing then that you're not doing now? What, is a, what have we allowed to rob us of our power? And this morning, is, and I've been in a lot of prayer for this message because truly, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of focus on this. And even this morning, I, I came super early, about 6.30 in the morning, and I was worshiping and praying and and. I, God just finally began to really stir up, and, and I'm really glad that the worship team, when they got here, they didn't go into the office because, man, I was worshiping to, to Jesus' culture in Bethel, man, and I was dancing around the office and screaming in tongues, and, and something is lifting off. Something was lifting off, and we need to press in and get those things off and begin to claim and understand that we have what it takes. We are more than conquerors. Everything we need for life and godliness, we have in Jesus' name. Pastor Rob, I believe it. Keep going. Sometimes, and I'm not looking for that for me, but you know, sometimes we just have to begin to do this. Did you see the time in the worship? There was a song we were singing, and and there was a, a part that just a few people began to clap. 
You know, so there was something stirring and I saw it and Lucy was, she was clapping and there was a couple people clapping and I felt it too. And, and, and this is what I went through. I was doing sound this morning, so it was loud. It was my fault. Um, but I was going and I went, yes, and I began to clap really loud. And as I did that, people began to clap louder and it stirred something up. And pretty soon, most of you were clapping, not about yay, good song, but we were clapping about what the song was saying. And I says, is this okay? Did I, did I, did I, you know, because I purposely clap loud because I, I know what happens. And as I clap loud, some of you began to feel released and maybe even have permission. Oh, it's okay to clap. Now, maybe you started clapping because everybody was clapping. But I believe this is what happened for some of you, if not many of you. That after you started clapping, the words came and you began to see the words in a new way. When you sang the next verse, you sang it with some authority and you sang it with a difference. And it, was that emotionalism? No, because what did the, in, in Jerusalem, blow the trumpet in Zion. It, it's supposed to be a wake-up call. It's supposed to move us. Sometimes we just have to begin to do something until we go, yeah! yeah. We don't have to be tame and calm. And, and, and in fact, I want to I tell you, you know, God called Shannon and I here to be the, the, the future pastors of this church and we're not going anywhere for a long time. If you're looking for a tame church, it's going to start getting uncomfortable. I'm not saying we're going to put up chandeliers and swing. But I want to, get, I want to be excited about my Jesus. You know, I'm tired of going to sporting events and seeing people out out excite us. You know, we can we can get so excited about somebody running across the goal line that we paint our bellies blue and do the dance and and we get to church and we just go, We bring the sacrifice of praise. Oh, we need to come on and get a little bit excited here. And be just, and, and just be not fake. But begin to understand and begin to, yes, yes, yes. God is good. He lives in me. I am more than a conqueror. No matter what happens, even when situations are hard, and they are, my faith is going to explode and I'm going to step out because God has given me everything I need to be an overcomer. Not because of what I've done. Not because of where I've been. Not because I, I'm finishing my degree. And you know what? I want to I confess right now, I'm, I'm working on finishing my, my degree, my bachelor's in pastoral ministry. And I struggled with whether I should. And I started this a few years ago. And, and I finally decided I, I want to deepen the well. I want to know more. But it's not a degree. It's not a degree that, that someone has that makes them able and competent to be a pastor, to be a minister, to be a Christian. It's the Spirit of God that's inside of somebody. I want to talk about some qualifications of some other people who did a couple of things in in God's name. Joseph. His qualification? He spent time in prison. Jacob. His qualification? Well, he was a deceiver. John the Baptist was his qualification that he ate strange food. Dressed in weird clothes, hung out in the desert. You know, Esther's 
qualification for getting her in the door was that she was pretty. It was. God used her, her pretty, her beauty, to get her in the door. But that only got her in the door. When she got in the door, she accomplished nothing until she was willing. That's when God used her. See, some of you are qualified, and some of you might have degrees. Some of you might have something that gets you into a place that, that they would not let me into. That's your qualification for getting in the door. But the qualification for you being used is simply that you're willing to be used. Remember, she was willing to die. She was willing to die, and she thought it was a good chance. And, and they, did, they, they did, did a movie on that. Uh, just, it was just Esther, right? Boy, man, when she comes in that door, if you haven't seen the movie, you've got to watch it. I mean, it's, it's definitely their, their version of what was happening. But when she came in, she walked through the courtyard through the pouring rain in the movie, and she kicks the doors open, and that noise happened. Clunk! And, and you were just there, and everyone just rose up and were like, what are you going to do with this Esther? I mean, come on, look what you did to Vashti. You, she's coming into your presence. She can't be here. And she walks up boldly and everyone's accusing and yelling. And the, and the one guard is about to just whack her head off. And finally he extends the scepter to her. It doesn't matter your qualifications that got you in the door. The qualification to be used is that you're willing to be used by God and that you'll step out in faith and do what He calls you to do. In Exodus 4.2, the qualification for being used is that you were a stick because God used a stick. So you can be dumb as a stick and still be used. In John 6, 8. In John 6, 8. After hours of teaching, Jesus fed the multitude with a couple of stinky fish. So all you have to do is bring your stinky gift to God. And He'll use it. In Numbers 22, there was a guy named Balaam whose animal talked to him. The animal's only qualification, that's all you have to be. We, we don't need to be qualified in the natural. We just need to be willing to be used. And we need to step out because he's not going to use us sitting in a pew. I'm going to use us sitting in a chair. He's going to use us as we get up and say, God, what do you have for me? And he wants to stir us up. Christianity is not a spectator sport. We all need to be in the fray together. You know, I believe that Every one of us has things God wants to do with us personally. And I also believe that God has things that He wants us to do corporately. You know, I've been hearing this week, I've heard a, a number of different messages in different places. Just, you know, my, my wife has got so much wisdom from God. 
She's got spiritual wisdom. And she was, again, confirming the words that I was hearing this week about, you know, why do we come to church? You know, we're not supposed to come to church because this is where we get fed and this is just where I... We come to church because God has planted us here to be part of the body. Now, when you're part of the body, you're going to be fed. You know, my, my thumb is part of my body and it gets fed. It gets its blood and it gets its oxygen and everything it needs. But it's connected to my body and it better serve the purpose for the body that it's intended to serve. You don't, we, don't, we don't get the luxury as Christians about of being part of the body of Christ without also saying, what purpose do I serve in this body? And begin to say, you know... There are things that I ask my thumb to do that it doesn't like to do. Like holding a nail when I'm slamming a big hammer next to it. My thumb says, I don't like this job. Can you get a different part of the body? I said, no, the other parts don't work very well. I need you today. So stay there and hold the nail and I'm going to whack it. And sadly, every once in a while when I'm building things, I miss the nail and I hit the other nail. And this part of my body is hurt. And this part of my body is mad at me. But it doesn't get the luxury to leave. And I say, I'm sorry. But next week we're doing it again. I'll try harder not to hurt you. But it's part of my body. And we're part of this body. And we need to begin to say, God, what do you have me here for? It's not just to get blood. It's not just to get fed. I heard this one message. And and this was even, even, you know, wow. I I was struggling with it. I'm still struggling with it. Somebody's going to throw it out in this this, uh, person was saying, I can't remember who it is because I'm really bad with that. Pastor would know what day it was, who said it, what they, what, what they talked about. He's got a, a mind and a memory. I don't remember those details. So maybe he can lay hands on me and get that anointing on me. But, but he was saying, I go to church, and it wasn't the pastor even, but he goes, I go to church because I'm part of the body there. And if I'm not getting fed there, then I need to learn how to feed myself. But God told me to be connected to that body. So even if I'm not being fed, I'm going to be part of that body. And there'll be Sundays when you come and there'll be cell groups that you come and you go, boy, I didn't get fed this week. And boy, you get a couple of those in a row. Is it time to pack up and leave? Well, only if God told you to. When you get that stick-to-itiveness. You know, I've been married almost 15 years and there's been a couple of days in a row a couple of spontaneous days, a couple of days in a row, and maybe even a week or two, that I really didn't feel like I was getting fed in my marriage. It was a time to go, well, you know, it's just not like it used to be, and I'm just not getting a lot out of this deal, so I think it's time to go. No, we press in. So we have, corporate, we have a corporate gifting and a corporate call. And I, I, you know, I want to encourage you, God, what is it? What is it in the body of Christ? Now, this is, this is the body right here. This is our body where God has called us. 
And, and, and I believe that God has got a purpose for each and every one of us in the body. On top of that, I also believe that God has got a purpose individually for every one of us that's going to be out there. It might be in your job. It might be, you know, you know being part of a, a food bank. It might be whatever it is. He's got individual ministries for everyone. Be open to that. And that just might be that wherever you go, you get to be the smiler. You walk in, hi, how are you? I don't have that because I don't have a good smile. But whatever it is, you, you do it and you do it with everything that Jesus gives you and you, you walk into those places and you be the witness. You be the witness at work. You look for those opportunities and not shrink back. I'm praying about this gift for me. This is the harder gift to understand for, for pastors because all of our time is spent here. I went to... Um, Doris Johnson's 75th birthday party a couple nights ago, and it was up at, up at uh, Bear Mountain, and it was, it was good to be there. There's a small group of people. I'm looking around at, at uh, all these um, um, pre-believers. <laughs> these people, I said, I would never come and eat with you, <laughs> and you would never eat with me. We don't know. We, we, we go in different circles, and I went, I need to figure out how I can be here more often. As I'm a believer and I have a ministry that needs to happen outside of this place, outside of the body of Christ. And I've been praying, God, how can I find that? You know, God has given me the, the, the opportunity recently and the need to go and, and find extra work. And so that's one of the ways sometimes I get to be out. I need to know how I can minister to other people I come in contact with. What is God having you do? How about school? Get to stand up for Christ at school, at work, in your family. He's got a call, a gift. He's going to give you everything you need every time you need it. Step out in faith. You know, I, I wish I could say it's always going to be good. It's always going to be easy. Every once in a while, you're going to, someone's going to hit that hammer on you and it's going to hurt. But we're going to keep moving on and pressing on. This valley needs to be one to Jesus. Goodness, your, your family might need to be one to Jesus. Be faithful. Begin to rise up and not cower back. What's the worst thing that can happen? Well, in a, within a few years, the worst thing could be truly that we actually have to die for our faith. But as it goes now, the worst thing that usually happens is that somebody calls you a name or tells you that you're pig-headed and dumb. My brother used to say, you know, people would just look at him and he said, man, you are so brainwashed. He'd be witnessing to everything that moved and he was just crazy for Jesus. And they said, man, you're just brainwashed. And he'd say, well, that's good because my brain needed a good scrubbing. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's okay if we fail, if we get our feelings hurt. Because we're not doing it. It's not us that we're preaching. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. You know, in cell group, on Wednesday, one of the guys in there was just saying how he's, 
been relating and understanding Jesus a little bit better in some of his trials and realizing, wow, you went through the same thing, Jesus, when you were betrayed or when you were hurt. I better be willing to suffer because he suffered for me. And he's going to give me everything I need. He's going to give you everything. He is going to give you everything you need. Your name is going to explode into your life. And you're going to have faith to do anything God calls you to do. Anything. God's got a plan for every one of these young people. God's got a plan for every one of these old people. It's not over yet. And I'm right at 40, so I guess I'm right in between. He's got a plan. He's going to use us. We just begin to leap out. Can we do that, church? Let's stand. Hallelujah. I'm going to close with this scripture. We're going to pray. 2 Timothy 1.7 God has not given us a spirit of fear but of love, of power, and of sound mind. Jesus, we thank You for Your love. God, we thank You for Your power. God, and I thank You for a sound mind. Lord, I thank You that You impart into me a sound mind. God, this day we proclaim... We're not going to shrink back, but we're going to leap forward. We're going to let our faith explode. When, when, when there's a need, we're going to step up and we're going to fill it, Lord Jesus. God, we're going to be praying and we're going to be open and we're going to be looking for the things that you would have us do in our, in our workplace or in the family. God, we're going to be open to your voice during the holidays to be and to do whatever you call us to do. God, we're going to become rowdy for Jesus. We're going to be part of the ones who are turning the world upside down. But God, we can't do it on our own. We need your power. Empower us. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. You said when you went away, you wouldn't leave us alone, but you would send the Comforter. You would send the Paraclete. You would send the Holy Spirit. And the moment the Holy Spirit showed up, power came. God, today we look for it, we receive it, we make our declarations and proclamations today. We follow you, we serve you. Where you go, we will go. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. 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 Amen.